from the studio in Sun City, Arizona Boomer Radio presents Wealth DNA with Ron the Ronald Naraki. Wealth DNA gives you insights and methods for increasing your net worth. Ron's experience dealing with local and international markets give him insights that can be valuable to any investor. Now here's the host of the show, Ron Naraki. Hello and welcome to the first show in the fourth quarter of 2015. We here at the Wealth DNA Radio Show are, are honored, who may not be able to talk, but we are honored that you're joining us today. Today is the last of many shows that most of our listeners didn't have to worry about the time that the show airs. See, after this show, the confusion begins for the next two. Arizona is one of two states where we don't change our clocks for daylight savings time. And for those of you who think we're unusual, remember that if you're in Arizona, the last thing you want is more daylight and sunshine during the summer. That's the time of the year we hibernate, spend it indoors, or travel to the northern climates. Secondly, what you may not realize is that there are many countries around the world that don't change their time at all. And I'll just mention a few alphabetically, starting with Afghanistan. How about China, Brazil, India, Malaysia, Russia, South Africa, and Zimbabwe? How's that A to Z? So it looks like more of the world's population does not change their clocks than those who do. So now there's a fact you can use to make a little money or get someone to buy you a drink this week. The point is that Arizona isn't so unusual, and since we don't change the time of the show, it's just a matter of you remembering that if you change your clocks, the time of the Wealth DNA radio show changes too. That said, our listeners in Europe will go through that time change before the next show, and our listeners in 48 of the United States will go through that for the first show in November. We'll see how many of you remember that. Now, whether you're in Arizona where I am and you're sipping a cup of coffee, the U.S. Central Time Zone where our guest is thinking about a lunch break after the show, in Europe, ending your workday, not spending, but ending your workday, you're somewhere in between or you're listening to the archive of the show, I know you'll be glad you joined us for this hour. If we had a, oh, I should I should go back to last uh, show. We had a listener call in with uh, two questions related to alternative investments that neither I, our guest nor I were familiar with. So I, I did a little homework, and yes, he was right. A lot of investors and depositors, and I assume he was one of them, lost money in BCCI. That was the Bank of Credit and Commerce International. Uh, in the late 80s, the fraud was so pervasive, the money laundering so complicated, regulators had no choice but let it fail. It had roots in the Middle East. They bought a bank in the U.S. to look like an American bank. They had offices in Hong Kong and the U.K. Everything was growing great, but it was totally unclear who was regulating them. Here's the moral. If you hear of a great investment, read the perspectives, and you can't figure out who owns it, what they do, or where it's regulated, pass on that investment. His other question was about 702 retirement accounts. That one stumped us. Uh, he had heard they pay more, safer than 401ks, and outside of the IRS jurisdiction. Well, here his facts were not so accurate. So my off-the-cuff advice was actually right on. Since neither of us are familiar with it, I just said you should probably stay away from these accounts. Well, it turns out there's no such thing. Other than one of several marketing names used by Palm Beach Group to promote an insurance product, sometimes they call them 702 accounts, as he had heard, other times 770 accounts. Now, there's actually a section 7702 of the Internal Revenue Code which defines life insurance contracts. So, he's being pitched 
life insurance in place of a tax-sheltered retirement account. In all fairness, we've done a few shows on other people's money, OPM as I call it, and we've talked about those life insurance contracts and how they can be used in addition to retirement accounts as a source of inexpensive OPM. The concept is often referred to as uh, infinite banking or be your own banker. So before you move all your money into some new financial product, look through our archive of shows. Or just ask us. On the Wealthy Air Radio Show, we focus on the fundamentals of investing and providing great ideas for building and protecting your wealth. Today, we'll focus on two less-known investing concepts, investing locally and crowdfunding. Now, if you haven't listened to our prior shows on crowdfunding, put it on your must-do list for the next few weeks. I'd like to start each show by sharing a quote to set the tone for the show's topic. So, admittedly, crowdfunding is a fairly new concept, I couldn't recall any such quotes and, of course, welcome your suggestions. I'm sure there are some coming up. But investing locally is something near and dear to me, so let me share one from a famous investor. I'm sure you'll recognize his name in a second. Invest in what you know. Very simple. Invest in what you know. That quote and actually an investing principle is from Peter Lynch. We talked about it on a prior show as part of the second commandment of investing. Today, by the way, is Monday, October 12, 2015. It is 9.05 a.m. in Arizona, 11.05 a.m. in the U.S. Central Time Zone, where our guest is. It's the only day ever like it, so we'll do everything possible to make it a great one. You're listening to the Wealth DNA Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. We air every second and fourth Monday at 9 a.m. in Arizona. And if you didn't receive a reminder of the show, you can connect with us on Twitter or Facebook where we post reminders. Just connect with The Ronald, all one word, and uh, either one of those, will you will get a message in advance of the show, several days in advance. We'd like to thank our sponsor today, BI Solutions Corp., a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix-Scottsdale area, for helping us put together and share this information with you. Now, I certainly hope you can join us each time we air, but if you miss a show like the ones I've mentioned, crowdfunding, OPM, you can find them in the archive. Just go to wealthdna.us, where we list each of the shows, both upcoming and archived. Now, we welcome your comments and questions during the show. The easiest, of course, is to use the chat window below the radio player online, or you can call in. Our producer will share your question or comment with us. That call in number, 917-388-4162. And I should mention that after you call in, you, you just uh, dial a 1 to get to the producer. That number is on the top of the screen as well. Now, since our last show when the S&P 500 technical sell signal was confirmed a second time, the U.S. equity markets are up more than 4%. So much for technical signals. Today, the U.S. markets are off to what I'll call a mixed start. Asia was up fairly strongly for between 1% and 3.3%. Europe just closed mixed, and Brazil is up. Our guest today to discuss crowdfunding locally is Marshall Saunders. He's a real estate veteran with over two decades of experience. See, prior to founding Saunders Daily, where he's the managing director, he was co-owner and broker of the largest Remax franchise on the planet. During his tenure, he doubled the company from 450 Minneapolis area agents to 900 agents across Minnesota and parts of Wisconsin. Marshall is a nationally recognized industry leader excuse me, in, in uh, residential real estate and technology. 
In 2013, he was named in Swain Poll's 200 Most Powerful People in Residential Real Estate and RIS Media's Real Estate, Real Estate Tech Titan. I haven't met one of those before, so this is great. <laughs> Let's give a warm radio welcome to Marshall Saunders. Welcome, Marshall, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Ron. Thanks for having me. Well, I gave a brief overview of background. How do you introduce yourself at a uh, cocktail party? <laughs> I'm in real estate investment, and uh, and if uh, if the conversation goes farther than that, then I can say I'm in real estate crowdfunding, and then usually their eyes cross, and then I have to go into a long explanation of what that is. Okay. Well, we obviously want to talk about that today. But <laughs> sure. let's assume at least a few listeners never considered the possibility of buying and investing locally. What are some of the advantages of investing locally? Well, you know, it goes back to your quote, invest in what you know. Very and good. so many people want to own real estate. They want to actually own real estate, uh, maybe not a REIT, um, or something where they only own a, a piece of uh, stock in a company, but they actually want to really own real estate. And they want to own locally so that they can drive by the investment, they can see it on a regular basis, they can see how well the management company is keeping it up, they can be very much in touch with local uh, friends and local things that are happening so that they kind of have a feel of how their investment is going and what what should be happening with it. And and so we really like to promote that idea of invest in what you know and what do you know better than the neighborhood that you live in. I like that. And let me add one thing, which is also good for your local economy, and that's, of course, where you live, and that's where you you know make your money in most cases. So uh, I'll remind people we had Kimber Landing on a number of years ago talking about buying locally. She's with Arizona Local First, and there are similar uh, groups around the country where they promote buying locally. I'm actually hoping to work with them in the near future to talk more about investing locally as well. It just hasn't been something that most people are aware of. So, uh, no, good good points, but it is good for your local economy as well. So, uh, if you know you 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 want to you know if you have a job, it'd be helpful if your economy is doing well, and if you're uh, running a business in the uh, local economy, then it also is helpful. So, uh, those are those are you know good good reasons. Now, if we do a little brainstorming, I'm sure we'll come up with a number of ways to invest locally. What are a few that come to mind for you? For instance, uh, someone has a fourplex or a sevenplex apartment building in their neighborhood. Uh, what we do is we go out, we put that uh, property under contract, and then we invite people to come and be investors and owners in that property. And the first people that we'll go out to are the people that live in that neighborhood so that they know the property, they can become owners in it. Um, on a bigger picture, uh, small businesses that are starting up a coffee shop, mm -hmm. a local brewery, um, even a car dealership can bring their investments to uh, the Internet. And now with equity crowdfunding can actually in, involve people to be owners. And I think it's going to usher in a whole new age uh, of investing. I think we're going to move from the sharing economy, which you see with Airbnb and uh, Uber and companies like that, um, and the precursors to equity crowdfunding like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, I think we're going to see that move to the owner economy where a person walks down the street and they could be of average means, $50,000, $60,000 a year income, 
but they walk down the street and they say, I own part of that building, and I own part of that coffee shop, and I own part of that restaurant, and I own mm-hmm. part of that uh, grocery store, and really become um, a, a part of the local financing of businesses. Okay. Let me add a few for our listeners who may not be familiar with crowdfunding. Let me start with uh, where you mentioned the crowdfunding, the equity crowdfunding. Uh, Angel capital or venture capital in local companies. I mean, that is something uh, we've talked about in the past, and it is a way to, again, promote your local economy. Uh, You could, for that matter, buy stocks or bonds in a publicly traded, uh, locally headquartered uh, large company. So uh, with their local headquarters, they're employing people locally. So again, another way to do that. Um, And let's not forget about the more boring side of things. You could hold your savings at a local credit union or community bank. Again, benefits to your local economy. Uh, you might even be able to have your brokerage account at one of those local banks, depending on their uh, their, their their offering. So again, anything that that uh, promotes your local economy have some of these same benefits. Lots of ways to do it. Uh, a lot of times, people just weren't conscious of it. Absolutely. Now, Marshall, it, it, let's look at the flip side. Uh, let's look at the, the the negatives. Economics professors listening will probably chime in if I don't, and they'll say, "But investing locally is suboptimizing. You're picking from this small subset of investment opportunities out there." Uh, they've even used the analogy: it's kind of like picking stocks and only limiting yourself to those you know that start with the letters A, B, or C. Uh, you're not looking at the full universe. How would you respond to that? Um, I would agree with that. I, I don't have a big issue with what those economists would say. Um, one has to have a varied portfolio, and I would um, I would take a portion of my overall investment, a portion of my o- overall uh, input into uh, all sorts of stocks and bonds, and I would say, you know, there's 10, 15, maybe 20% that I would like to invest in local ventures and local buildings and local things. And then that subset of my investments, I'm going to do a lot of due diligence on those. And and hopefully it's not just A, B, and C. Um, hopefully I have an, a whole A to Z in the, the local community as well. Um, but I will have to do some uh, due diligence. And I I might there might be a great investment across town, but I don't know that area well, and I don't know the the economics of that area, but I do know this area, and I can put my money there, and I can put my money in a coffee shop, I can put my money in a fourplex, I can put my money in a single-family home, I can uh, kind of be my own uh, uh, distribution network of investment within my own fund. But I wouldn't overall. I wouldn't have a big problem with what that economist said, um, who might uh, advise to have a broader outlook. Um, I myself, I invest locally. I, I do a lot of that, and probably more so than than an average person. But still, it's under 50% of my total investment. Um, I have big stocks and and um, you know mutual funds and other things as well. Okay. Well said. And and the one thing I guess I might add to that would be that uh, the uh, local uh, investments you have probably won't crash the economy the way the uh, 
Wall Street did in the in the past, working with the government and its uh, uh, all of its fallibility. So I would say Absolutely. that uh, you can keep an eye on them, and you also know they're not strong enough of a of a, of a lobbying force to really crash the economy. So uh, I think uh, as as you build, and I think you said it well, if you build a diversified local portfolio, then you can maybe even increase that percentage even further. Um, but uh, do keep some diversification. So uh, great answer. Absolutely, it's just smart investing, and and like you allude to, there is no safe investment, right? There is, I right. mean, no matter how broad your investments are spread out, and no matter how concentrated they are in one area, there is no such thing as oh, that's a foolproof method. Um, there can be mistakes made on big levels and small levels, and. Uh, so I think uh, the attributes of invest in what you know, but also keep a varied portfolio, um, those two ideas can coexist quite safely and nicely. Agreed. Now, before we dig into crowdfunding more, more detail, would you share with our listeners how they'd contact you, learn more about you and Saunders Daily, and make sure we got to spell Saunders Daily in that process because sure. I think we had it uh, incorrectly stated in at least one place when we announced the show, so our apologies Sure, it's, that. It's, it's spelled a, a little uniquely uh, because it's based on my last name and my partner's name, Jason mm-hmm. Daly, not necessarily Daly as coming out every day. Um, so the website is www. SaundersDaily.com, and it's S-A-U-N-D-E-R-S-D-A-I-L-E-Y.com. Perfect. But the nice right. thing is, if you misspell it, most likely it'll still go to the same place. So we got a couple yeah, different no, variations uh, of the email or the website uh, done there. And if someone wants to contact me. Um, they can just email me at marshall, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L, at saundersdaily.com. Perfect. And if they Google Marshall um, Saunders, yep. if they misspell the daily or something, they'll also find the website. So that is another way. But I wanted to make sure we got that right because we did, uh, at least in one of the announcements, uh, it was spelled wrong and didn't catch it. Gotcha. Well, probably, probably because spell check corrected or something like that. You never know. Right. Uh, uh, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't know a last name from the word daily. Uh, at least a few of our listeners uh, today didn't hear about our hear our prior shows on crowdfunding and may not be familiar with this whole U.S. jobs bill passed back in 2012, as I recall. And if you say Title One or Title Two, they'll think of about the title of the show. Can you give us an overview <laughs> of what crowdfunding is all about? Sure. Uh, the Jobs Act was passed in in March of 2012. Um, At the time, you know, we were just coming out of the recession, and the Congress, some some smart person in a congressperson's office said, well, no one will vote against something called a jobs act, right? Um, It stood for Jumpstart Our Business Startups. And so uh, it it was kind of uh, a little bit of a ruse because um, they wanted to get it passed. I don't think Congress had any idea what they were passing. I really, really don't. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that no, I, I think very few people understood the magnitude of the, the repercussions of passing this act. And uh, so Title II became law of the land immediately. And what that allowed, and that's how we operate. We operate under Title II of the Jobs Act. And what that means is um, as long as we independently um, confirm 
that someone is an accredited investor, which means that they have to jump through hoops. They have to, it's not just taking their word for it anymore. They have to, they have to prove it. And even if you're Warren Buffett, we got to have, you know, your, your, your CPA warrant that you are in fact accredited. And, uh, and if that's done, we can take uh, accredited investors to our site. They can give in any amount. And here's the critical thing. It's a 506C exemption to the uh, Securities Act. So we can generally solicit. So we can put an ad in the paper and say, hey, come buy part of this home. Not just broadly, hey, come to us for real estate investments, but specifically about each offering. And uh, so in that way, some people use us as a portal. They want to be on our site and offer their investments just so that they can uh, broadly advertise it. Um, Title III of the JOBS Act was true crowdfunding, where unaccredited investors can become, uh, can invest. And Congress passed this, and they gave the SEC about 270 days to come out with their rules. <laughs> and that was three and a half years ago, way more than 270 days. But listen, I'm speaking as a person who could benefit from that. Mm-hmm. And, and I want this to be done now. I completely and totally understand why the SEC has taken this long. Like I said, Congress had no idea of the enormity that they were just simply laying on the doorstep of the SEC. Um, the SEC would need 10,000 new employees to handle the, the immense amount of Title III investments that will come out when, when uh, Title III is approved. And um, they just had no idea. And the SEC has done a great job of getting public information, coming out with requirements, coming out with rules. The rumor on the street, which the rumor on the street has been that they're going to come out with these rules for the past three years. But um, the latest rumor is that they might come out with their requirements as soon as next month. Um, And then it would probably go into effect 90 to 120 days down the road. And uh, most likely that will limit unaccredited investors to certain amounts, certain amounts that you can raise from unaccredited investors, and so Mm -hmm. on. Okay. So if done correctly, at least at this point, you're allowed, uh, and and a small company is allowed to advertise to potential investors. So that sounds like at least a a step forward. But yes, the 270 days in the uh, three and a half years, I think that says it well. (laughs) And uh, one thing is, uh, just to to note, um, something that our states have in common, um, some states got tired of waiting for the SEC. So they Mm -hmm. went out and passed their own crowdfunding laws. And Arizona and Minnesota are two of the 12 states who have done that. And so as of today, we actually have a few customers that we're helping in Arizona raise money and um, from unaccredited investors. Uh, MinVest is the name of the bill here, and that goes into effect uh, probably late this year, maybe early next year, to allow unaccredited investors to participate in crowdfunding ventures. Well, okay, good, good, uh, good additional note. Appreciate that. Let me remind our listeners: you're tuned to the Wealthinia Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. I look forward to you joining us every second and fourth Monday. Now, if you missed some prior shows, like the ones on real estate or crowdfunding or OPM, or if you want to re-listen to them. 
We maintain an archive of shows on wealthdna.us. We'll get an uh, email reminder of the shows to you if you contact me, ron at wealthdna.us. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. Or, of course, you can follow The Ronald, all one word, no spaces, on Twitter or Facebook. During the radio show, we welcome you, our listeners, to uh, ask questions. I've got to make sure I'm not paying so much attention that I don't pay attention to the screen. There's a chat window on the uh, Internet uh, screen that allows you to start a chat. You can also call in 917-388-4162, and time allowing, we'll be able to take that call. Our topic today is crowdfunding locally, which we're discussing with Marshall Saunders, a real estate veteran with two decades of experience. He's managing partner of Saunders Daily, an online investment marketplace that's connecting investors to real estate opportunities with low minimum investments. Marshall, the best known, and you've touched on these crowdfunding uh, exchanges or platforms, uh, they've been around for a few years, like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, um, only allowed donations or offering discounts or prototypes. Um, you know, do, do you really think this allowing this Title III where you, you know small investors can actually get equity uh, will happen that quickly, or is that uh, one-month rumor kind of, you know, keep get, getting delayed year after year. Uh, I think it will happen. Um, the, the 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 critical point is what will be the requirements. You know, will they, mm-hmm. they will the SEC make the requirements so rigid and so tight, and the reporting requirements so verbose that you know it doesn't make sense for a small business to do it, um, right. or you know what will happen. But you know this is a this is so new and it's it could be completely it's going to be really used a lot once it becomes available so you know what i i kind of agree with the idea of hey let's let this open for a limited amount so that we can start seeing all the positives and all the negatives and how difficult this is to monitor before we just kick open the door and everybody can run in and and start using it um the sites that you mentioned indiegogo and um kickstarter and GoFundMe and Fundable, those are all, I mean, we owe such a debt of gratitude to those companies. I mean, they're, they're making good money now, so, but um, they have done such a great job in formulating why crowdfunding should exist and that it has a market. If, if you and I sat down, I don't know, 15 years ago, even 10 years ago, maybe even five years ago, mm-hmm. and, and we said, hey, let's set up a website where people can come on and give people $200 to help start their company and they get nothing in return but maybe a T-shirt. You know, the, the concept would have seemed really weird. Right. And, right. and we would have asked each other, well, why would people do that? You know, why would you? And people do it. People, people give $200,000 to people who are starting their company just for the ability, the empowerment of saying, I was part of that. I helped them start that, you know, for no other reason. And can you imagine the transformation of that situation when they can not only do that, get their T-shirts, get their coffee mugs, but also if that business does really well, if it turns out to be an Apple computer, if it turns out to be a Starbucks, um, Mm -hmm. I could make a fortune off of that too. And um, off of my $200 investment, off of my $5,000 investment, I could be funding something that becomes incredibly huge. Or 
it could go broke like the vast majority of small businesses and I could lose all my money, but at least I'm a part of it. And it, it, it just, it's kind of taking that Kickstarter Indiegogo idea to that next level. Okay. Well, well said. I have to agree with you on that. I don't think I would have predicted that it would be successful. Uh, let's let's continue down that path, though. It's kind of the big elephant in the room. Uh, wouldn't an investment in a small company or a small project without a tr- you know a real track record via this crowdfunding be a lot riskier than investing in a publicly uh, traded company? Yes and no. Um, okay. I, I I don't. If you you got to do some due diligence. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like anything with I feel that this investment platform of crowdfunding is democratizing investment. And we all know democracy, true democracy is messy and it's uh dysfunctional and it's inefficient and it's awesome, right? Because it's freedom and freedom is messy. Uh, totalitarian states and fascist governments, the trains run on time, everything's clean, everyone operates in one direction because they know what the rules are and they follow it. And that's kind of the way our investment world works right now. It has to be SEC approved. It has to go through this process. If it's not, it's not allowed. And you must invest in this way or not invest at all. And this is going to break down a lot of those barriers. And yes, there are going to be tons of scam artists who take advantage of this, but it's going to change the nature of investing, period. And and so, yes, it will require, just like democracy takes a little bit of research on who you're voting for and you aren't told how to think, you aren't told how to vote, and everyone's got a different opinion, you bring that same idea to investing where, yeah, you got to check this out. you got to drive across town and see if that building actually exists and and see the uh, – we, we make all of our investments into single-asset LLCs. See if that LLC exists with the state. Get a copy of that contract. Who else is the owner? Um, how How transparent is the company being on who is the owner, what do they own? Um, when is the closing? Can I at least go and witness the closing? You know, you got to, it, it takes a little bit of heavy lifting, but also you aren't paying these monstrous fees, 20, 30% to people who just do the administration of it. Um, you, you have a more direct ownership in the real estate. So you get a little bit better return off of that as well. And plus you get the excitement and the joy and the kind of the, the ability to directly own real estate in your area. All right. Now, just to make sure we're fair on addressing the risk, uh, this risk, there are actually a number of different factors contributing to risk. Of course, the fact that it's a small company is one of those, but asset class is another. You've chosen asset an asset class that has a fairly low uh, risk-reward um, profile. It's not, it's not up in the... Uh, you know, hit it right. out of the ballpark and uh, take a lot <laughs> right. of risk doing that. You've chosen real estate. So to some extent, you've uh, kind of balanced some of that small investment crowdfunding risk uh, with with both the local and the real estate nature, it seems like. Exactly. And admittedly, our investments aren't very sexy. They really aren't. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're tried and true real estate that have been around for a while or small developments that you know have 
four or five new homes built on a development in an area mm-hmm. that is selling really well. Um, there's no such thing as a safe investment, but certainly on the continuum of risky to low risk, we are on the far end of the low risk. Mm-hmm. Um, and our we have cash on cash returns that vary depending on vacancy rates and expenses that vary anywhere from five to eight percent. Mm-hmm. on a yearly basis. And and then, of course, when we sell the properties in five to seven years, you might see as much as another 14% return on your original investment. But, you know, like you said, those are not grand slam home runs. Uh, when a high net worth individual flies into the private uh, airport, uh, they don't go around looking for an investment that gives them a 7% cash on cash return. Uh, they're not interested in putting their money there. What we're, what we're going for is the people that are accredited, so they make at least $200,000 a year, but they are not necessarily the high net worth individual. And so uh, when they write and they buy a share of one of our buildings, we have a minimum offering of about $2,500 um, per share. They buy one share and they check it out and see how the experience it is and, and how it works and how their returns go. And they are fairly happy with a pretty safe uh, five to seven percent return on their investment every year. It's right now better than all their mutual funds are doing and all, mm-hmm. how their stock market funds are doing and all that sort of stuff. And so they're fairly happy with that because they don't, they aren't called up and they aren't the high net worth individual. So they aren't given a call and say, "Hey, we got this hot investment and for a two year hold." Uh, we're going to make you 20% per year. Um, not many of us get those opportunities. And so we want to bring that opportunity, um, even though on a safer level, to a, a whole different class of investors. Yeah, you raise a good point. One of the things of, of crowdfunding is one of the advantages that I want to make sure we touch on is the fact that to date, a lot of these kinds of investments have only been, and even yours at this point, is only available to accredited investors. The idea of opening that up to others that don't have those opportunities today really is a positive. So I hate to say anything positive about the government, and I loved your expression of somebody <laughs> smart at a con- congressional office, uh, not implying that it was the congressman. Uh, came up with this idea. Uh, you know, it, it, to, to me, we don't want to give them too much credit, but on the other hand, it does look like we're heading on a path of allowing, you know, uh, the uh, the guy next door who doesn't have the, the accredit- accreditation to be able to invest in stuff that uh, wealthier people have been able to invest in. So that is a, that is a big positive, and, uh, you know, I don't want to lose that in, in the discussion on crowdfunding. It is a big positive to be able to add the small investor to that uh, to that class of investment. I totally agree. And fundamentally, the way the system is right now is un-American. It's just not mm-hmm. right. It should not. It, there is no magic intelligence that comes once you make $200,000 a year. Mm-hmm. You then have the intelligence to invest your own money as you see fit. But if you magically go below $200,000 as an individual, you, are, you can't be trusted to invest your own money in a way that could really significantly grow your wealth. And listen, we all know that it's the way of life, right? A guy with 10 bucks in his pocket is going to have fewer opportunities to grow his wealth than the guy with $100,000. But that's life, right? Those are the hard knocks of life. There's no way to legislate that yes or no. But to make it 
actually part of federal law that the guy with $10 has fewer opportunities than the guy with 100000 is wrong. You know, we've mm-hmm. got to be dealing with a level playing field here. And, and the fact that it's been like this for almost 100 years um, is totally wrong. I see people, you know, every week there's a different protest going on out there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fact that people aren't protesting this is kind of amazing. You know, like this is a fundamental, like, hey, listen, you're poor and therefore you don't have the avenues of wealth. Or you're not even poor, but you just don't make enough to have all these. You can't invest in this startup. You can't invest in this building. You can't uh, join a group of investors in this or that. I'm sorry, you're not allowed. Uh, yep. It's totally, totally wrong. Agree with you. Now, a number of uh, prior shows, we covered the four key real estate investment strategies, uh, kind of the buy and hold, the buy and sell, kind of the buy, fix and sell, some people call fix and flip. Uh, thirdly, lease option, and then lastly, private mortgage lending. Which of those are representative on your uh, are represented on your platform? How, how many of those four can I invest in? Uh, uh, really, platform? three of the four. Uh, we don't okay. really have a lease option um, okay. offering. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have uh, buy, fix, and sell, and okay. then we have a buy, fix, and hold. However, a lot of ours are buy and hold. You know, like they're actually in pretty good condition to begin with, and okay. so therefore we just make a good acquisition. Um, there's always a little bit of fixing that could exactly. go on here and there, but not. Uh, you know, that's not a key feature of it. And then uh, we do have one uh, residential fund one which is basically a private mortgage uh, lending where mm-hmm. it's a set term of 18 months. Uh, the, you get a promissory note instead of being part of the LLC. Um, you get a mm-hmm. promissory note, and we guaranteed a 9% um, annual percentage rate return, and then um, you're in first position for uh, the mortgage, that type of stuff. And that is money that's a fund that could vary anywhere from 150,000 to 500,000 that is meant to do fix and flip uh properties mm-hmm. but uh you are not subject to the vagaries of the market and also you don't get the benefits of the vagaries sure. of the market you get a set amount uh but you your position is guaranteed by um the investment i call it mailbox money monthly <laughs> that's right clipping coupons right that's right that's right but hey these are these are pretty good coupons compared to anything else available now sure. are there fees to get started on the site for either the company soliciting investors or company I'll use the term company rather than company or project uh, because it's usually going to be a company uh, or to the investors uh, none to the investors what okay. happens is we become this is just for stuff that we own, okay? I'll get mm-hmm. to the people using our site in a moment. Okay. Uh, but uh, all of the investors come in, and all of their money pooled together, they own 90% of the building that we're buying. We, as a company, uh, Saunders Daily Investments, we own 10%. We're a carried interest. Whether we put in money or not, now we mm-hmm. do put, all, we all put, uh, the members of our company do put money personally into each investment, but for sake of argument, even if we didn't, we would still get that 10% retained ownership. So you don't pay us a fee to come part of the company and so on. Um, There are a few costs overall of the investment that are included in what we raise money for. 
mm-hmm. and uh, and then we take a acquisition fee also out of the first year's rental income of two percent of the acquisition costs of the building. Um, okay. So you'll you'll notice on our website where it says first year returns are three to five. You know, after the first full years, our returns are more like five to seven, and that's accounting for that fee that we take out. But mm-hmm. no, um, so that yes, that that lowers somebody's return on investment, but it's not you don't pay cash out of your pocket to become a member of our site or to invest. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a sponsor, let's say you have a great real estate investor investment and you want to bring it to our crowdfunding site, mm-hmm. uh, then we become a different company almost. We become Saunders Daily Technologies, and then we are simply um, selling our software to that person, and they can come on right next to our investments, and offer uh, their property, and that costs about $7,000 um, to, to bring your investment to our site. And uh, we are kind of creative on how we finance that. We'll do about two or 3000 up front, and then we'll take our money out of the first year's income. Okay. All right. So, uh, you know, well, well explained. And obviously, you're able to, you know, make some money in this. You get an equity stake in the thing, so I don't have to worry about you going bankrupt as you're trying to offer something for free. Right. <laughs> now, how about the, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the uh, 506C uh, and the ability to advertise. But let's look at the other side. Uh, how about uh, the multiple listing service or the real estate board? You know, do they have any problem with this concept? Because, you know, when it comes to commissions, they want only licensed realtors to get commissions. Uh, you know, have, have they put a stink in about uh, what you're doing? Oh no, not at all. Matter of fact, okay. uh, we only use licensed realtors who are members of the board of realtors to buy and sell property. So mm-hmm. uh, we actually just the opposite. We feel we are bringing more of the commercial business to residential real estate agents who are members of the board, whereas oftentimes you go into markets and. People who are members of the board don't do any commercial real estate. They don't do multifamily. And we're actually um, using the expertise of a lot of local realtors who are a member of the board to be our realtors. And so we're trying to open that pool. So we're actually uh, kind of a, a realtor help group rather than a realtor competition group. Okay. All right. Helpful. Obviously, you have a background in, in real estate. I suspect, yeah. I suspect you're still a licensed realtor. And uh, absolutely, uh, I can't turn my that. back on those folks. Uh, that would uh, that would not bode well for me. Exactly. They exactly. know where and I live. If, you know, somebody may have missed that in the intro, but you know, again, regulations sometimes get in the way of good ideas. Uh, how about the de- Department of Financial Institutions on, on some of the private lending? You know, they might want to make sure that there's mortgage, a licensed mortgage lender involved, and what the fees are, and those kinds of things. Any any uh, interference from them? Uh, I wouldn't say interference. We do have to be cognizant of when we cross Mm -hmm. the lines between simply being equity investment and giving out loans and so on, like like I was mentioning with our residential fund one, where we're actually, um, you know, that's a that's a loan per se. And there are definitely rules that we need to make sure they haven't given us any grief at all about, hey, you're not licensed or you're not using a licensed broker, that type of thing. Um, That's not an issue. Uh, But yeah, we need to be cognizant of that. But I can't tell you that um, we have had any headaches, just normal 
everyday regulation that you need to know what's allowed what's not what needs to be licensed what needs to be approved that type of stuff but um haven't really run into any problems in that regard um when we take out uh when we buy a property we finance at 50% and then we're looking for 50% equity to come from the investors and okay. so uh we have a f- and we use just traditional mortgage banks that are all around town uh to do that so we're we actually are kind of seen as a positive trend to lenders because a we're still taking out money even though we're crowdfunding so we're customers but also just imagine the amount of equity that we're bringing to every transaction we're it's a 50% loan to value ratio so you know you think it's safe for investors this is kind of a no brainer when it comes to banks they they're they're giving out a loan with 50% equity and they'll do loans like that all day long hmm. Okay. All right. You may be hitting on something that we need to talk about. But before we continue, in case you just tuned in, you're listening to the Waltine Radio Show. I'm your host, Ron Naraki. You can listen to your earlier portion of the archive. If you missed prior shows, you'll find them on the archive, too, and that's Wealth. DNA.us. Today, our guest is Marshall Saunders. He's the managing partner of Saunders Daily, an online investment marketplace, and we're discussing crowdfunding locally. Now, if you did just tune in, you'll want to go back to the beginning of the show soon after we finish, and the same link that you use to get in there will take you to the archive as well. Our, our producers make it really pretty easy for you to uh, hear the show on the archive. Now, Marshall, let's walk through the steps uh, for a company who wants money for a real estate project. You said they, they kind of license your software. Uh, what do they need to do? They, they need to sign up on your site. They need to contact you. How do they uh, do that to take advantage of your platform? Yeah, in that situation, they would contact us directly. Um, you go to our website, and there's links to us. Um, uh, right now, we are a Minnesota-based company. And okay. like we've talked about during this interview, we invest locally. So therefore, you know, if you're coming to us from, uh, you know, Paducah, Kentucky or something like that, you, we're not the platform for you because um, we do want local real estate investment. So right now, that's where we're focused. That's where we're seeking people. So if you have a great um, idea and a, and a good opportunity, call us. We sit down. We go through all the numbers with you, kind of vet the property look into you a little bit to just make sure that uh, this is a sound offering. And then um, we start working on the private placement memorandum and the LLC documents and get you on our site. Having said that, our goal is to be nationwide. However, we're going to do it much like a real estate franchise would, where we got uh, Saunders Daily, Arizona, Saunders Daily, San Francisco, Saunders Daily, L.A., Saunders Daily, Kentucky. And we're going to have local websites with local partners um, in every single uh, area that we um, concentrate on so that we do bring that local connection. However, we're leveraging a nationwide technology. Um, There's a couple reasons for this. A, we want to keep local. We want to have that be the core of our business. But also, every state has different regulations, and we need to become experts in every single state that we're doing business with. There will be 50 different ways to do this because there are 50 different states. And even with the SEC, um, there are still local um, blue sky laws. There's local investment requirements, all that sort of stuff that we need to keep in mind. So we will be local but um, we want to be in every local area um, that we can get in. 
All right, you're being an optimist with only 50 different ways of doing things in 50 states. I assume some of these states don't <laughs> right. have uh, multiple confusions in there. But let's look at the flip side. How about as an investor, uh, if I want to take a look at what investments are being offered and I need to be accredited, what do I need to go through to uh, to get onto your site, and how do I do that verification process? You can, at, at a low level, you can read about the investments on our site by doing absolutely nothing. All you need to do is just come to our site. We don't even ask you to sign up. You can see. Okay. But you see a, a kind of a, like a basic level of each investment. Mm-hmm. Then to go to the next level, you need to create an account, which is basically just some preliminary information, your name and login and that sort of thing, that sort of stuff. And then you're, you can get far, far deeper information on each and when you've reviewed the information on each offering, you decide to invest in one, you click Invest Now, mm-hmm. and that will walk you through the process. First, you go through the process of uh, accreditation, uh, which is done by an independent company, but still okay. on our website. Mm-hmm. And then you create an investor profile so that we know more about you and all that sort of stuff. And then you say, okay, I'm done with that. I want to invest $2,500 in this building and then you'll be asked bank account information and all of that stuff and that is run by an independent company as well called fund america it's an independent escrow company and so therefore we don't know your private information um mm-hmm. the mo- if someone you know stole my computer out of a coffee shop and hacked into every single file that i had at the very very worst they'd get your first name, last name, and your email address off of my computer. That's all I have access to. I don't know your bank account information. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything like that. As a matter of fact, when we have profits um, from the building on a quarterly basis, and that's when we get out our, our dividends on a quarterly basis, we send a check to this company, and then okay. they disperse it to everybody, ACH debit, into everyone's account immediately. We don't even do that. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, and I knew there's some independent companies for the verification, which is helpful because if you go through it once, uh, then it's useful for other uh, places. Absolutely. You don't have to do that verification half a dozen times. So uh, I think it's helpful and, and, and well said in terms of the security, from uh, which is being a bigger issue. Now, I didn't ask earlier, tell us a little bit about Saunders' daily track record. When did you get started? And give us some statistics around the number of projects that you, let's say, have listed right now, as well as how many transactions or investment dollars placed to date. Sure. Uh, well, I sold my company about a year ago and started on this project immediately with the idea that maybe I'd be up and running by the end of last year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was incredibly wrong. <laughs> this is uh, such a complicated process. We sure. went live with our website at the end of June. And okay. so now we've been up for basically about three months. Mm-hmm. Currently, we have three offerings on our website, a single-family home, yeah. uh, multifamily uh, home or multifamily residential complex, mm-hmm. and a fund, the fix-and-flip fund I was talking about. This week, we should get four more, three more uh, multifamily residential buildings and then one uh, development in uh, a place very near us in Wisconsin. Um, And then we have another uh, 55 and older uh, rental building that's coming Mm -hmm. on probably within the next uh, two weeks. Um, And so right now, 
we have had we have several uh, people signed up to our website, like over a thousand. Uh, we wow. have received about a hundred thousand dollars of investment, and we have not closed on our first property. Um, mm-hmm. We're kind of about right where we thought we'd be um, okay. at this time when we launched in June. And so things are going well, and things are progressing every week. But we're probably going to be at the end of November-ish by the time we actually close on our first property successfully. Okay. Now, from what I know, you're unique in, in doing this real estate locally. But tell us a little bit about other crowdfunding platforms that are either addressing investing locally, and I'm not familiar with anyone, that's why I'm curious, or on the real estate side, residential specifically. Sure. On the real estate side, there's Realty Shares. Um, patch of land, Realty Mogul, um, those are all great companies. I mean, really great companies. They've been so kind and so helpful to us. They look for a little bit bigger deals. Uh, Realty shares probably being the closest to us as far as deal size, uh, the average offering be a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but like you said, I think we're the only ones that deal locally. I, I don't know of any others, but you know, since they are local, maybe I didn't hear of them. But uh, but that's all we know, um, is that we're the only ones that kind of take a local view of this. But um but yeah, those are the, the bigger nationwide companies and really great companies. Uh, Crowd Street is another one. Uh Prodigy Network is uh one that operates out of the New York City area and has gotten a lot of uh, press lately by starting a big condo development. Um, they're kind of leaders in the industry. Okay, very good. Appreciate that. And uh, let's remind our listeners how they'd contact you, and let's make sure we spell the uh, Saunders Daily properly for the website as well as your contact info. Sure. Um, the name of our website is saundersdaily.com, which is S as in Sam, A U N D E R S. D-A-I-L-E-Y dot com. And uh, you can always email me at Marshall, M-A-R-S-H-A-L-L, at SaundersDaily dot com. Okay. We've covered a lot of aspects of uh, of both, really, uh, investing locally as well as uh, the the crowdfunding. Are there some additional points you'd like to add or maybe reemphasize some of the ones we've talked about? I guess... I just want to re-emphasize the philosophy mm-hmm. that we're opening up investment in real property, actual ownership, to a whole new class of investors that aren't usually reached out to. And they want to own locally, they want to know what they're buying into, and they aren't necessarily invited to be a part of bigger real estate investments because they don't have a lot or don't want to put a lot into each investment. And we really hope that we're part of ushering in a whole new idea of investment throughout the country. I think that's well said, and I would probably reiterate the uh, the, the point that indeed that broadening is something that hasn't been legally available uh, up yeah. until now and, and still is not to some extent because you have to be accredited to get through your site uh, and, and most of the others that you can actually get equity. Uh, but this... Um, uh, Title Three, which it's it's called, and most people 
<clears throat> may not be familiar with that term, but slowly they'll, they'll get familiar. Uh, when this does come through, it really does open it up to uh, to everybody. So I, you know, I think you're going to be well positioned, and I couldn't imagine somebody trying to start from ground zero and start competing with you. I think it'd be a lot easier, especially if they uh, hear about the fact that you're open to doing some franchising in other other uh, states or other areas. Uh, you know, I think you're well positioned to really take advantage of this and and uh, look forward to seeing it expand. And and we'll talk some more on this topic. I'm sure. Sounds very good. I really appreciate you having me on. Well, we are going to have you back on, I'm sure, to talk a little bit about the status, especially once we get this, uh, these next steps forward legally, uh, how it's going, and uh, you know what, what uh, other areas you're available, those kinds of things. I think you've got some exciting stuff to, to share. really appreciate you joining us. Thank you very much. Yes, we are excited. Thank you. Thank you, Marshall. Now, if you didn't already know it's possible to invest locally, and be able to literally keep an eye on your investment and positively impact your local economy rather than funding those huge bonuses on Wall Street, the City of London, Frankfurt, or other financial centers, you've learned something. If you didn't know about crowdfunding, you're also ahead of where you were an hour ago. If you're not a regular listener and not aware that investing in real estate can be a great diversification, then, well, we're on our way to accomplishing our goal of educating savers and investors. Personally, I'm a big fan of investing locally and have been fortunate to work with our sponsor since 2007 to provide me income for life, even if the next crisis or bubble orchestrated by Wall Street decimates my financial portfolio. And as I mentioned earlier, we're less likely to see the next market crash perpetrated by these local companies and these local investments than by Wall Street or some other entity tied to the federal government. I highly recommend the documentary movie I just saw recently, Inside Job. Inside Job is the name of that movie. It is set up as a documentary to better understand why I say that. Now, if you saw the movie, it's worth seeing again. You'll pick up some additional insights, especially in the incest and the movement from one job to the next. In the category of Yogi Berra's Deja Vu all over again, I've mentioned a few times that investing in local businesses and real estate were considered traditional investments 100 years ago, and investing in stocks and bonds was an alternative investment only available to wealthy and speculators. So even if web-based crowdfunding platforms are indeed a 21st century phenomenon, I think Saunders Daily is certainly helping us get back to where we used to invest, with no major crashes back then. Now, I can't assure you that 10 or 20 years from now, crowdfunding will be considered a huge success. It'll be considered a small success or a major failure. There are too many unknowns, and most of those being written in Washington, D.C. Now, that part definitely concerns me. Uh, they're the ones who came up with CRA, the Community Reinvestment Act. So in, you know, everybody should be able to borrow money from the bank. Repealing Glass-Steagall and forcing Freddie and Fannie, the evil twins, to buy up bad loans so banks could take could make more of those bad loans. Now, on the positive side, there have been, and, and Marshall mentioned many uh, crowdfunding success stories and entrepreneurial dreams being realized, even with the limited aspects of crowdfunding rolled out today. Plus, we, we see a great platform put together by our guests that could absolutely revolutionize the realtor mortgage broker-centric model. We know the old model's not working well. Less than 10 years ago, unqualified borrowers could get loans with little or money no, no money down to buy homes they couldn't afford. Today, even profitable real estate investment companies with an excellent track record and millions in assets can't get bank loans for residential real estate projects. 
And the fact that Marshall is having some success with that, I need to talk to him. So I'm really curious on what they're doing. And maybe that 50% down is the big kicker. Uh, the government's reaction, we need more regulation to further decrease the little mortgage lending taking place. And the new Dodd-Frank regulation is so bad that even President Obama noticed. The Fed's reaction, by keeping interest rates low, no bank will want to lend at these rates, so we'll just keep it down and let those banks keep the money in excess reserves, which I've mentioned before. What's the reaction of entrepreneurs? Well, if banks won't lend on these port, no, these profitable real estate deals, we'll talk to private investors. And the reaction of investors, if I can get a better return than CDs and bonds on Wall Street, then, and by the way, the properly secured and insured investment in real estate, well, then yes, private money is becoming available. Now our guest has put together a platform for the entrepreneurs and investors to meet. To me, sounds like a great idea taking advantage of the Internet, and I look forward to expanding nationally and internationally. Hopefully we'll see a Saunders Daily franchise near you soon. I certainly hope the uh, quote from Peter Lynch I shared at the beginning of the show helps set the stage for today's topic, invest in what you know. And as I mentioned, it wasn't just a quote, but his investing principle. If I poll their listeners, they all know something about real estate. Since they own or rent the place, they call home. Regular listeners know that our objective on the Wealth DNA Radio Show is to share the fundamentals of investing, provide great ideas for building and protecting your wealth. Our mission is to help you and one million other people become millionaires. And by the way, that makes you accredited. It's much easier for someone to be in that group if they're aware of all the financial tools available. And if you miss part of today's show, you want to recommend it to some friends, the link in the announcement will take you to the archive version. And of course, you'll find the full list of past shows there, wealthdna.us. I'd like to thank our sponsor today, BI Solutions Corp., a residential real estate fund in the Phoenix, Scottsdale area, for helping us put together this show. They also help many people invest in residential real estate locally. The next Wealthy Nay Radio Show will be the fourth Monday of October. That's Monday, October 28th, 9 a.m. Arizona time. Same place, same time, unless you're a listener in Europe. That time will change. We plan to continue talking about other aspects of crowdfunding, but we don't have a confirmation from our guest yet. The full lineup of guests and topics is on WealthDNA.us. We'll find the, uh, and of course, on there you'll find the archive of past shows. If you have comments, questions, you haven't received my emails reminding you about the show, send an email, ron at wealthdna.us, or follow The Ronald, all one word, on Facebook or Twitter. We'll keep you posted about future shows and events. Happy investing and checking out Saunders Daily. You've been listening to Wealth DNA with Ron Naraki on Arizona Boomer Radio. Arizona Boomer Radio is produced by the Boomer and the Babe Incorporated and can be heard Monday through Friday. You can sign up for their online magazine at boomerandthebabe.com. To reach the Boomer and the Babe, email host at boomerandthebabe.com or friend them on facebook.com slash boomerandbabe. And on Blog Talk, you can friend them at blogtalkradio.com slash boomerandbabe. 
follow their tweets at twitter.com slash boomerandbabe. Be sure to make the second half of your life the best half of your life. And remember, at 50, you're just getting started.